by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Will Kidd with the touch and the goal! It's a go-ahead goal! Minneapolis City! This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. Brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Blah, 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 something creative, blah, blah, blah. Welcome, listeners. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am your... Grateful, grateful host John, and alongside me is the one, the only Cal- Callum Williams. I mean Nate Morales. Uh, Nate, the uh, soccer buzz is high in these parts recently, but I have to say the only thing that I'm not getting down with, uh, as far as our neighbors in Minnesota United is concerned, is the play-by-play guy. He uh, uh, he isn't my favorite. <laughs> what's what's your take? So then why would you call me him? No, I uh, I agree, <laughs> man. Like. Uh, Anytime someone was is within what thirty yards of of the net with the ball, he sounds like he's about to fill his pants. It's just like what, and, and the and the weird like he's like choking on the word like Christian. <laughs> I mean, like I think um I, out of the out of the commentators, you know, I mean, they it's a tough job, right? I mean, yep. we we know from from calling games ourselves, but uh, I think. You know, clearly, you know the the all star in that in that group is Kendra, right? Like she she is fantastic. She tells it how Uh, it is too. She tells it how it is. I think I think we we just threw in a British voice, (laughs) Um, you know, a European sounding voice, and then Jimmy Watson. (laughs) And Jimmy Watson does his best. Yeah, he's he's best at um, keeping balls from getting into the crowd. I mean that one play where it was so funny where he kind of like did like the little flip up trick and like kicked it back to the to the guy for the throw in and yeah, then like on the on the internet it was like showing off in front of both coaches who cut you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. But anyways, calling his name. Anyway, yeah. But anyways, uh, we have a little of this I'm and a little. <laughs> we have a little of this and a little of that for you all this week. Um, we will start off with some player news as signings just keep on rolling in um the season is coming uh, so the hype machine is afoot uh so we'll discuss some of the rankings that have hit the internet regarding the npsl north conference and we will close it all up with a different take from a member uh, a member of the murder we are joined by <laughs> minneapolis city defender Kev, uh, kevin hoof's dad keith to give us <laughs> his perspective on what it's like to be a fan from a parent perspective so definitely uh, a unique a unique guest that we're going to have on today. So Nate, uh, why don't you uh, hold the talking stick and get us going? Word. John, it's time to talk rosters. We got some OGs returning for yet another year, and it kind of seems like it would be uh, be super weird if we didn't have them around. So I'm happy to announce this. Um, if you've been following us on Twitter or following the club on Twitter, these should not be news to you, but nonetheless, we will talk about them. First, of course, returning to the Brotherhood is Ben Wexler. He is back for his third season. Uh, Wex has been a staple of the Minneapolis City midfield from day one. Uh, 
he can go the full 90 and not only is he great in tight spaces but he is always dependable on the ball he fell he fell out of favor uh, early last year for some reason but by the end of the season and into the US Open Cup he has showed off why he should be in in the mix every game as a player plus he's in a fish so he's okay in our book the fish with uh, the right spelling correct yes ph um you know i think um from a from a ben wexler perspective um you, you know he talked about him as a as a you know what he can do on the field i think a lot of it's what he does off the field he's, he's definitely a connector in the locker room he's he's not the most outgoing guy and you know you're not going to hear him uh hear him you know being being super loud and 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 being rah rah like you know a guy named matt elder would be like but yep. he, he's he's a quiet leader and uh and always has uh you know something to say but it's it's nice and quiet and it's always on point so um not only am i happy to have him back from a from a player perspective and and uh i, I really think like from from a a, a, a player kind of coming into his prime you know he's he's just just into 30 and um you know this is the time period where you kind of hit your peak before uh, before you hit the downturn and so i'm really excited to to see him uh, him come back again for for this year and then hopefully a few more years and uh, and contribute second player we have uh talked about a bit recently uh, after his trip around the globe to find out that sometimes soccer is less of a gift we have trey benhart another inaugural crow and our first captain old faithful's calm presence on the back line is going to serve us well this year uh, as the rest of the league tries to amp up their talent level he's going to provide height uh, leadership and a great eye for snuffing out opposing attacks all summer long. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I need to really go into too much about Trey. Trey, we've already talked about him, you know, from when we had him on the show after the the showcase. And, um, you know, we talked about his, his trial opportunity that didn't work out in the, uh, in, in the, the Baltics. Um, but you know, it, Trey's one of those guys that, um, you know, you, everybody on the team is like, that guy's going to go do his job. And again, another, much like Wexler, he's a, he's a quiet leader. You know, he's just going to let his game do the talking and, He's gonna he's gonna put a full ninety in, and you know you can always count on him. Word, uh, John. It is that time of year where folks in the media and everyone with a Twitter handle and uh, pro rel for USA hashtag in their <laughs> bio that can speak on the topic of semi pro soccer starts to talk about uh, starts to offer up their predictions of who's gonna finish where in the standings by the end of the summer. Look, everyone except uh, Duluth's favorite writer, uh, Damian AC of the NPSL Northerner, is writing for fi- the 55-1 now, covering the conference. And uh, But he, Damian, recently published his ever-so-popular Power Rankings. Did you did you get to see him? I did, Nate, but kind of rather than me diving in on it, um, why don't you hit things at a high level, and then I'll kind of circle back with my, my final thoughts. Yeah, so if uh, I would, if I were you guys, listeners, uh, I would get over to the NPSL Northerner uh, and I think and he's check just going straight out. through 55.1, I think. Oh, is he in 55.1 now? Yeah, I think you can, you can, you can get to his articles from his, his NPSL Northern Twitter handle, but I yeah. think the majority of what he's writing now is all 55. Right, he's 55 one. Anyway, everyone's 55 one now. Uh, yeah. You get a 55 one and you get a 55 one, <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to recap kind of what, what he said at all. I think he's got a lot of great points and it makes total sense. The order is not too surprising as the top half of the ra- ra- top half of the rankings are kind of heavy with organizations like our own 
that whether you like them or not, they they have a leg to stand on in this league. They've they've worked hard to to get the roster together to to finish top four or five. With us, of course, sitting in our familiar third place, same place we ended last year. We will get into that in a bit, but the official order, according to 55-1 and the NPSL Northern, is Duluth in first, Med City ranked number two, Minneapolis City three, VSLT making an appearance in fourth, Dakota, he's low on Dakota, they're in fifth, uh, Twin Stars, Thunder, and Eris, who have, haven't won a game in seven years, uh, rounding out the rankings. But so, they promised to try harder this year, they from what I've been, what, been told. Is that, is that, that like an admission that they haven't been trying? Uh, I don't know if that was the context, but the <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> the admission was that uh, they're going to do things differently, and I kind of hope so, to yeah. be honest with you. I agree. So the NPSL Northerner, uh, is a, he uh. is a pretty good predictor, but if I remember right, last year we were at the top of the power rankings at the beginning of the year. It's just like once the games start to get played, everything starts to go to hell. And in my opinion, there are really two X factors that are going to shake up these rankings almost immediately. Uh, the first, of course, is players. Duluth, Dakota, VSLT, all these teams have been having their own open tryouts recently. And uh, we have no idea what their rosters are going to look like. I do know that some players have been moving around. I know that Duluth lost a striker to VSLT. I know that um, some players, like we know, have moved to our U23 squad. Um, so these teams are evolving, and it's going to get more competitive. VSLT is, is evolving beyond their Hispanic-only model, or at least Hispanic-heavy model, to be all-inclusive and to look for the best talent they can, um, that sort of thing. So we don't really know what these rosters are going to hash out as and, uh, and how they're going to line up against each other. The other X factor in this league is coaching. Duluth, Sioux Falls, VSLT, they each got new coaches and maybe other teams. I don't know. The question is going to be, how will that affect the on-field action? How is the stability of a full-time, of being a full, of having a full-time coach instead of having like an overworked player coach GM affect teams like VSLT and the Thunder? Uh, by all accounts, this guy in Duluth is going to be the real deal. What kind of system are we going to see from him? Is he going to embrace donkey soccer or is he going to try to change it up? Like right now, there are just too many unknowns to really predict how the top four or five teams are going to parse out. My prediction is um, I'm going to be safe and say that just like last year, it's all really going to come down to which team can put away the games that they are supposed to. Three points separated the top four teams at the end of last season. One win. Yep. This league is way too competitive uh, to drop points with due to inopportune losses or draws. Whether that means losing to Twin Stars like we did and like Dakota. Whether that means drawing to VSLT and to Sioux Falls like Med City did late in the season. Uh, or losing to VSLT like Duluth did. The teams that come out on top are going to win the games that they're supposed to win and be competitive against the teams that are at their level on the table. So I want to first off say last year, like you mentioned, our organization was kind of picked at the top. Um, outside of, I, I believe, Med City, who they were really the the one that I kind of I point that really made the moves as as they uh, the, the guys who um, they, they signed p- talent on paper and they were they were kind of pushing to be um, top of the division, much as we were, and you know. 
um, we got kind of caught up in that wave of expectation that kind of swept everyone up with like, oh my God, this new conference and we're on top because we're actually announcing players. But that was just player announcements. Um, you know, what, what we found was this division is fucking weird, man. Yeah. And on any given day, odd shit happened. And it wasn't always the beautiful game that was trying to be played that we saw in the PLA. So it was a totally different style of soccer. And, you know, maybe it was on me as the person who brings in the, um, you know, the players that we, we just built a roster that, that couldn't compete in the division, but it was kind of an unknown. So, you know, you have to see what the turnover is this year. And, and like you mentioned, and, and kind of see how that goes, but this division punches in the face, man. And, and we didn't punch back until late in the year. And, and I may be unpopular in saying this, but we didn't perform and you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding and thus didn't deserve to win the league. And it's simple as that. But last year, I actually, you know, like I mentioned, I actually thought that med city, not Duluth was the best team in the division from a holistic standpoint, looking mm-hmm. at the team, the talent that they had, the organization and how, how well run they were. And then the community impact they had, I thought was like, it was top notch. They kind of, they had it all together. Um, you know, which I thought, you know, much like what we did. Um, but we all know that Duluth won hats off. Welcome to having the target on your back. Cause we had the target on our back last year and saw that everyone brought their a game to play against us because of that. And I'm, I'm happy that people are, are kind of down on us this year, because if there's one thing that we love, Nate, it's, it's being the lovable underdog. And um, I think we thrive in that role. So this year I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to care less about the, the hype and I, I'm going to, I'm not going to play into the, the bait that the internet trolls put out there, however tasty it may be. Um, but we're just going to put the work in man and see what happens. Yeah. I'm with you. I... <laughs> tasty it, troll it bait. So tasty. <laughs> I'm with it you. It smells I like think, bacon. I think that, um, I think that, you know, next week and in the coming weeks, we're going to learn a little more about our roster. We're going to get the final roster, I believe. Is that true? And oh, we're working on it. It's, it's, I mean, it's almost hopefully done. announced the last few signings. We'll be able to get a pretty good idea of what this team is going to look like. And we'll start talking about that a little more in depth in the coming month. Uh, but until then, it's all up in the air, man. It's all just, um, it's all just reading tea leaves. So why, why bother? Just have some fun, right? Right. Let's play. Let's play soccer. It is often that we have a player or a member of the organization join us on the show. But when we were tossing around ideas, we ran down the list of, uh, of potential folks to have on. And it's a rather long list of folks um, that we should have on the show. But this week we thought we'd uh, we'd have the catcher throw down two fingers and drop in a curveball. Joining us tonight with uh, no doubt a very unique perspective on being a part of City, we have the patriarch of the Hoof Dynasty. Mr. Ke- uh, Keith Hoof. Keith, thank you for staying up past bedtime to join us tonight. Did you follow the rules and have at least one summit before you dialed in? I did. I followed all the rules. So I just got out of the hot tub and had the pre-beer. And then <laughs> I've got the um, beer during, but I was kind of confused by the last piece about having to do the interview naked. So I... <laughs> <laughs> well luckily we're doing it virtually so you can let it you can let it fly if you want we we don't yeah. care <laughs> uh, so we, before we dive into the obvious questions uh and you know the galactically famous lupian automotive speed round tell us a little bit about how you got into the game of soccer sure so it was very simple i mean um I got the letter from the uh, city that said uh, your kid won't be on a team unless we get a coach. And so didn't know anything about soccer. I was a swimmer and got involved because I 
didn't want my kid not to be on a team. And so started coaching, had fun, um, continued that with my daughter and then continued it with Kevin. So, you know, we've been involved for a long time and I uh, had three kids go through different levels of soccer. Um, I, I figured out pretty early on that at a certain point, they certainly surpassed what I could bring to the game or to their ability and handed them off to people who are much better at it than I was. But um, really developed a great love for the game and appreciation and just, you know, an admiration for what these kids can accomplish. Uh, it's just amazing to me so what, what they can do. What resources did you use kind of as a newbie when it came to the coaching perspective? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, a lot of online, I would go and find out what uh, soccer drills for eight, nine-year-olds, you know, and there's resources out there where you could just print out a doggone practice sheet and you're set, you know. Nice. Um, yeah. And then as you uh, start to network, I, I'm a very social person, get to meet a lot of people, started meeting people who were, you know, players and college players and coaches. And so started uh, bringing them in to do trainings um, and, nice. and, you know, for the team and development, private coaching and training for the kids because they always wanted more. Um, with Kevin, he got early involved in Curver, and I think that was um, a big part of his development was the Curver program. It's been, that was fantastic. Uh, and so just, you know, um, looking for things to fill in. I mean, you know, I manage people, and so I have strengths and I have weaknesses. How do I um, bring the um, people in to fill in the weaknesses? And it was the same thing with, you know, coaching is find people to surround yourself with um, who can fill those gaps. For sure. So I've dealt with soccer parents in my day, like the good, <laughs> the bad, and like the all-out ugly as both a coach yeah. and a player. Um, so they're like, they're the ones that are clearly way too involved and then yeah. they're the ones that are involved the right way. Yeah. And they're, they're always there um, to support that they, they love the game in their own individual way. Um, they take pride in watching their kids play. And I, and I definitely know that you fall into the latter half of that. Um, I have yet to have kids of my own that are in the game. They're, they're very, <laughs> they're newer to the world. Um, Nate, Nate has, uh, has a stepson who's, who's very involved in the game, but tell us what it was like for you being a, a parent in youth soccer after you, you had that coaching, the coaching gig. And then, uh, as you kind of grew into being, a being a parent at uh, Minneapolis city. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I'll, I gotta be honest up front. I, I have been a crazy parent at times too. So, <laughs> well, I'm you, know. Sure <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just certain things you see that just drive you crazy and push you over the edge. I think at times, but I think, you know, um, having been an athlete myself, I, I think you come to a realization that one, you have to really be honest and look at your kid's ability and look at what they want and, and find the right experience for them, right? And at a certain point in time, I believe, and my wife has always believed this too, at a certain point in time, they got to take responsibility for it themselves. And you as mm -hmm. a parent got to step back because they've got to learn how to survive in the real world, how to have the conversation with the coach themselves, how to have, you know, um, to work it out, to figure it out. Um, and um, especially when you get to the high school level, you know, I mean, uh, you might 
as a parent want to get involved and it could be a bad outcome for your kid, right? So at mm -hmm. some point you you have to make that physical choice to say, I can't be the overbear overbearing parent. They've got to figure it out to some extent. And and believe me, I've gotten my rear end it chewed out by parents when, you know, I was coaching too and there was some bad shit that was going on when I was coached <laughs> that made me think, what am I doing this for? I'm volunteering my time. I'm putting, there were times where I was in Europe and in work-related meetings, stepped on the tarmac here in Minneapolis, drove to the soccer practice field or game to coach my daughter's games. You know, and parents still rip you a new rear end because they don't like, I didn't get enough playing time or this or that. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, what am I doing this for? But at the end of the day, you're doing it because you love your kid, you want your kids to have um, opportunities. And some people do it because they want their kid to have all the advantages too, right? So, yeah. you know, there's different motivations. And I think if you approach it from having been an athlete and knowing that, you know, games are team sports, you got to think about everybody and try to do your best. Unfortunately, when I was coaching, I think my kids suffered a lot of times because I was afraid to leave the better players on because you know you're going to get your rear end chewed and so i sometimes my kids pay the price so yeah i mean there's nothing there's nothing wrong with giving everyone a, a shot until they get to be a certain age and then it's like you know you just gotta accept to the player that you are i think but uh, right that's true but that's hard for people sometimes people you know they don't see it that way so yeah. something i've been working on as a as a soccer dad is like holding back on on yelling and giving direction from the sidelines when when he's out there and it's just yeah. it's not easy right like what right. would you say are some best practices for parents of kids as they grow into the game um, yeah you know just kind of how do you how do you teach yourself to let them play and let them figure it out on their own uh up to a certain point any tips on how well, to be a positive force in your kids development yeah. You know, it, certainly when your kid turns around and tells you to shut up, that's a good place <laughs> to start. You know, you embarrassed me. And so, uh, I mean, I've had that happen, too. But I think um, you, one thing with sports is it's it's it consumes your emotions. Right. I mean, especially if you're a competitive person, yeah. I'm a competitive person. So my family's competitive, very competitive board games and stuff here can be bloody. But you look at you have to take and say, OK, look, this is a game there are winners, there are losers. You want the kids to, you know, um, enjoy it. It should be fun first and foremost, because that's a big part of being involved. But I mean, there's, you know, seriousness to it too. And um, I am a big philosophy. My philosophy is that, I mean, sports is about winning and there's winners and there's losers. And if you can't handle that, don't be in it because that's what it's about. It's competition. And so I think from a parent perspective, thinking about the positive, yeah, the referee's going to make bad calls that aren't going to go your way and you're not going to like it, you know, and um, we're having a problem right now with referees, kids wanting to be referees because they don't want to get yelled at. And so we're not helping yeah. our own sport if we're doing that. So I think really what we're trying to do, especially when they're younger, is really be encouraging. Great job. And here's the thing that really solidified my mind. Am I adding or detracting? These kids know when they make mistakes. They know when they've had a bad game. They know when they've screwed up. And so when you're sitting there going, great job, you did a great job, they're looking at you and they're thinking, you're full of shit, you know? <laughs> I I did not play well. I can't yeah. tell you how many times that Kevin is just like, are you kidding me? I didn't have a good game at all. What are you talking about, you know? And you're just like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. But um, And one so the, I one think... One of the things that I struggle with is watching uh, – 
watching there are certain parents whose kids look to them first you know when they're playing oh, the kids will for be sure for a reaction know, they'll try to make they'll make a play or they'll screw up or they'll do you know mm-hmm. they'll be looking to their dad or sometimes their mom for direction or validation and all that and it's just um it's kind of an unhealthy dynamic to to right. build early in 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 a soccer career because it harms them late yeah i i don't know how you change that because you know if you try to get involved in that you're going to probably get your ass chewed right so <laughs> i mean really I, I can remember one time when i was coaching and the parents were just really heckling this ref and i could tell she was young she was struggling with the game anyway it was kind of getting out of hand and it was half and i walked out and i go look you need to make the calls. I will support you, whatever the call is, even if it's against me, but you're letting the other coach get in your head. You're letting the players take control of the game and you got to get control. And she says, well, I'll tell you what, if you can get control of your parents because they're bad right now, that would help me a lot. I'm like, no problem. I walked over to my parents. I said, here's the deal. The next one of you that says anything negative, you're getting kicked out of this game because you're rattling the ref. You're not helping the situation. You need to be positive because that's the only way it's going to change. She went over and talked to their coach and said, look, here's the deal. Anybody does anything, they're going to get card and ejected. And then the second half completely changed. And so it's really, we all lose our heads. And, you know, sometimes I, and I've done it, when as I've been sitting in the stands now as a parent um, on one of Kevin's teams, some of the parents would get a little on edge, you know, and I would say, come on, you guys, knock it off. It's a poor reflection on us. It's a poor reflection on our club. We don't need to be like this. And, you know, people would look at me like, yeah, you're an ass. But then they go, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, and then it would kind of change the dynamics a little bit. But sometimes you got to be brave to say, look, this isn't really helping anybody. And come on, we can change this. So, yeah. but then you're going to get people who are going to think you're just an ass too. So, <laughs> so, much, <laughs> so many competing personalities. Oh, I know. You see it all for sure. We, uh, so we all know that, you know, Kevin has been with us since the beginning and we, we know his side of the story, how he got involved, but what's your yeah. take on, uh, on the process of Kevin getting hooked up and involved with Minneapolis city? Yeah. You know, it's been, it's been really, really fun watching him develop. I mean, Kevin, um, he's been very passionate about soccer. It's been his deal from the very beginning and he's always wanted, soccer has been his only deal. And, um, he would get frustrated when he was younger over the winter, you'd have five kids show up, you know, cause the rest of them are in other sports and it would just really piss him off. And so, you know, we had to move to different clubs to kind of, Um, find the fit for him that would challenge him. He would play up. He would, you know, continue to progress and develop. He would want more training. Um, There was, when he was 14, he um, was on a um, Super Cups national team that went over to England and played for two weeks against uh, academy kids, loved that experience. And so he's always wanted to challenge himself at the highest level that he could possibly be playing at. And, um, in high school, um, as he was getting prepped and ready for college, you know, he was ta- thinking about how do I continue to challenge and prepare for that. And the Twin Stars was an opportunity. He got to join them and got some exposure. And then when uh, we heard about City and some of the guys that he played with at Twin Stars, you know, were um, over, hadn't made the team uh, and were at City. So the word started kind of spreading 
so he wanted to give it a shot and I, I can honestly say he he just loves it he thinks this is the greatest experience the atmosphere the fans um, of all of his soccer career he thinks he thinks this has been one of the best experiences so far and just absolutely loves it that's really cool to hear how uh, self-driven he's been the yeah. whole time you know like always pushing himself and looking for better opportunities and trying to figure out, you know, what, what feels right for him. I think that's a, that's, I think a um, pretty common thread through successful players. So that's, that's yeah, cool. I think that's very that true. I think well for him. Yeah. And I think um, I've always talked to him about, there was this, he always wore green soccer cleats when he was younger <clears throat> and he got the, the name somehow the green monster that when he stepped across the white line, he became this green monster on the field and would just, you know, rip people up. And I can remember we were in Chicago at a tournament. I don't know. He was maybe eight, nine, something like that. And he got a stomach ache. We're in the semifinals and he, he came out of the game and he's just like, dad, I, I just can't do it. And Carrie came over and was talking to him and he's sitting there and, you know, I thought, okay, I got to go over and give him the talk of all talks here because, you know, we were down to this team and we certainly could have beat this team that we were playing. And I remember, and this is where I thought, okay, this kid's got the mental fortitude to really go somewhere because he was like, dad, my stomach is, I just can't do this, you know? And I'm like, Kevin, here, you know, this is like one of your defining moments in your life eight years old right come yeah. on <laughs> and, and i'm like you know you can you can um you're a key player for the team right now and we're down a goal and you can make a difference if you get out there you can lift the rest of those guys up and and make something happen or you can sit here and succumb to a, a stomach ache right and i said sometimes when you're an athlete you got to put all that aside you got to just tough it out and get out there and he's sitting there and he's thinking i'm thinking oh He's going to sit on the chair. And all of a sudden he goes, okay, I'll give it a try. So he goes on the field. He starts playing, puts a goal in the net. Beautiful shot, upper right corner. Got the whole team up. We're tied up. It became a great battle back and forth. The referee, I think, was on the side of the Chicago team, and we wound up losing. But, um, you know, it, it was like some insight into a kid at eight years old, what was really there that, there's there's a drive and determination that when he puts his mind to it look out you know you're going to get hoofed on the field for sure <laughs> i thought that story was going to end with him throwing up all over the place so that's i was going to say like how do you describe when when a, when a hoof gets he decided to go back in and he puked all over the first kid he came in contact with yeah that's how he hooked and they him, called yeah. him the green monster forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> so you come to all our games you know that we have you, you know multiple supporters groups with the citizens the uh the very interesting catizens uh there seems to be a lot of parents of course like yourself that come to these matches not only here but wherever we play uh you know the elders yep. travel with us i know uh goose's parents will, will stop in uh samuel's parents would come by is there any sense oh, yeah. that you could band together and maybe get some drums going uh maybe get some chest paint and start your own parent supporters group with <laughs> with the elders, the elders dad as the as the other leader. Yeah, we probably could. I could talk to John and try to get something going. I mean, you know, I've been known to do some crazy things. You know, Kevin is just like, oh man, really, Dad? But yeah, <laughs> yes, you, you know, I met Adams, the Adams, the Adams Charlie's parents are always there. Get them involved. It'll be awesome. Oh yeah. 
We could get our own T-shirts for sure. Oh yeah. Maybe we could get our own beer sponsor for the parent supporters group. I mean, hey, weirder things have happened, right? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so, seeing that you're a, you're you're a club member, like like yep. most of our supporters are, and we we've, we've spoken off the record, um, you know, but on the record, tell us. Um, I mean, you want to do a little bit about it, but tell us what you feel are the benefits of what we've created at Minneapolis City and maybe some of the driving factors um, on, on top of what you you already kind of mentioned that why this is a place that that fits and, and benefits Kevin and, and the other guys. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, um, Kevin and I talked a lot about these, these things all the time. Um, and I think as a parent, as I look at what you guys offer, the training, you know, I hear Kevin come home and talk about the quality of the training, the level, the challenge, the experience of the other players there who are constantly offering advice, um, or he feels very comfortable going up and talking to the guys who, you know, the O'Briens and the Kalmans and the guys that you have there who will give him advice because they've played, they've seen it all, they understand it, and they can see what they've just done on the field and say, hey, you know, Kev, if you would have done this or that, it would have been a different outcome. And he absolutely loves that because Kevin's very coachable. That's one thing we've heard from everybody who's ever worked with the kid is he's very, very coachable. He'll take what you tell him and he actually puts it right into practice immediately. So he loves that feedback and he feels like He's surrounded by a bunch of guys who will give him that, who will challenge him, and they'll let him know if he's not performing at the level that they think he should be at, and he likes that as well. Um, the other thing that he really likes is the games, you know, the getting on the field and playing because the level is higher. And, you know, when we talk about what's the difference between playing um, on at the city or the college level, or even when he plays for Stegmans, it's the pace of the play, the quickness of your decision-making, the perfection that you have to be at when you're at that level. Because the, the game is so fast that if you make a mistake, it's very noticeable because you know it becomes very apparent to everybody and you don't have to be a very um, strong soccer knowledge person to see, oops, that guy just made that mistake and it caused uh, the bad thing to happen. Um, and so that's really important because, you know, he loves the fact that it pushes him harder, it challenges him harder, it ups his game and continues to raise the bar, and he loves that as well. He loves all of you guys. He loves the ownership and constantly talks about how much he enjoys, you know, um, shooting the shit and giving you, you know, it right back and um, <laughs> yeah, and and the camaraderie of the players absolutely loves that. And then finally, the fans. He talks about how much fun it is to play in front of the fans, to see the pink and the black smoke, you know, filling up your lungs and making you cough and um, just, you know, the chanting and hearing people create chants for specific players. And he absolutely loves that part of it. It just is um, so different from anything else. I mean, you go to a Northern Michigan game and, you know, you have, if it's cold, you have the hardcore six, eight of us parents that are sitting in the stands. Maybe <laughs> some of the girls team comes up because they're playing right after or something, you know, but um, here you get five, 600 people in the stands and it's really enjoyable. So those are the things that, he, and then he also loves the opportunity to play more if he wants with the Stegman team. He loves those guys and really enjoys it. Um, says that, you know, he can re kind of relax a bit and have fun. But for us, you know, we're going to, 
four games a week. I mean, you know, he's right. playing with you guys. He's playing with Stegman's. Us as parents, we're going to those games as well because we love it. We're, you know, we're um, our family. Soccer is a culture for our family, uh, almost a religion, and we follow it. You know, and even our daughter. I mean, she's one of Kevin's number one fans too, and goes to everything that she can too. So. Nice. Well, you know, I think all of those things definitely, um, they, they align with, uh, with what Kevin kind of penned in the article that he wrote. And I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a recurring thing that we hear that, you know, it's not just, um, it's not only about the game. It's also about what we've brought to the game and with, with the fans, you know, that, that was all organic, you know, we aren't, we aren't hiring 500 people <laughs> to come to our games, but they're creating that atmosphere because they also want to want to be part of something as well as the players do. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the, here's one of the things I absolutely love. So, you know, we go to the games, we go and we sit, there's these two older gentlemen who come to every game. They sit down in front of us. They have their cooler. They pull out their, each of them pulls out a beer. They pop the beer. They sit there. They know the players' names. They don't have anybody on the team, but they're, they love watching these guys. They've adopted the team. And they have their beer and they're sitting there and they're enjoying the game. And, you know, Carrie and I, we just are like, that is so wonderful that you have people <laughs> like that showing up. My daughter says they're the cutest old guys that she's ever seen, you know. It's like and the then, Minneapolis City version of the Muppet Show, right? It, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And so it's, and then we saw the same two guys at a Minnesota United game. So obviously these guys just love the game and they support the teams, but it's cool that here you got a couple of people that come out to the Minneapolis city to support that group. Yep, exactly. And I, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that, that, uh, that tickles the heartstrings. Um, well, Keith, it's that time of the show. You are, you're a veteran listener. So you, you yep. know all about this. So this is the time for the, the world famous uh, Lupian Automotive Speed Round. The Eagle Pitch Speed Round is brought to you by the wonderful people in the Golden Valley at Lupian Automotive. Face it, your ride is busted. Don't try to juice it up with some fancy aftermarket racing stripe or a cool air freshener. Just go buy a new one and be an adult. Visit lupian.com for all things car today. So I ask everyone, I don't need to ask you, I think you're ready to dive in, correct? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Kevin just told me not to screw up. So, <laughs> I, mean, I believe the first time he was on, he screwed up a little bit. So. That's true. That's true. I'll have to remind him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, number one, what is the name of this former member of Minneapolis City Murder who played collegiately at uh, so collegiate soccer for Louisville, was an active member of the Sana Foundation, and has a passion for fair trade and affordable housing? Fair trade and for both former city played for Louis. That would be Max Stigward. Uh, no, no, that would be that would be Keith Kicker. Oh, Keith! I forgot about Keith. I should have yeah. known. I mean, we're I know where we're going with this, right? So, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so number two, um, this adhesive made of partially hydrolyzed uh, hydrolyzed keratin from boiled down part of this undulate. If you'd like wow. me to go back. Um, you and can't even say half the words. How am I supposed to get oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> This adhesive made of a partially hydrolyzed carotene from boiling down this part of an undulate. Yeah, right. I, I haven't, it's got to start with an E something, but I, I don't know what it would be. 
It would be the hoof. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. So even though you knew it, we we yeah. we stumped you. You stumped me. He goes yeah. goes Keith Hoof. Okay, so number yeah. three, to date, what has been your favorite Minneapolis City moment? I know you kind of talked about uh, the the Muppet Show that's in front of you guys at the game, yeah. but is there is there another one that or the, the all time favorite city moment? I think um, my all time favorite city moment was. Um, Going down to Des Moines with the guys and watching Kevin and Luke Hawkinson go against each other. Those two guys grew up together, played together, and then to see them going at each other um, when we played the men was really, really fun for me. Nice. Okay, so number four, we've all heard of the famous "My Dad Faked an Epileptic" episode oh. in public <laughs> to get a, to get a gag, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. And that yeah. was not when we did like the players' roundtable on the way to that menace game. Actually, yeah, um, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> um, but is there another gag that you've done that equals that, or even maybe tops that one? Um, Let's see. So, yeah, that was the one he when I did it with my mom, right? Is that what it was? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's another one. We were uh, with I, Carrie and I were youth ministers for our church, and there were a bunch of couples that were doing it. And we all went out to a play one night, and uh, one of the guys says he knew that I used to do this to my mom. He goes, "I dare you, right here in the hotel, to do a seizure." I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not this even a like challenge. I know that's not even a challenge, you know. And so all the parents were around, all the couples, and the play. So I flopped down and I started having a seizure. And you know, being an old paramedic, I mean, I know exactly what you got to be doing, right? So um, got the foaming of the mouth and all that stuff. And well, they all scatter. They all just take off running. My wife, I think she was probably halfway home in the car. She was like, I'm abandoning this guy because I've had enough. <laughs> and um, and then all of a sudden the hotel manager comes up and he's shaking me, sir, sir, sir. And I look up and I go, yeah, what's going on? And uh, he's like, are you right? And I'm, I'm just fine. Where'd everybody go? You know, and I jump up and just walk out. And it was, they, <laughs> they laughed about that for a long time, just a long time. That's just one of, oh man, I probably have done, you know, a couple dozen fun events like that to, on people. I mean, to be all honest, I don't think I could live a thousand lifetimes and find anyone else who would do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so number five, we ask, uh, we ask everybody this. Um, what's the first great soccer moment you remember? The first great soccer moment. Hmm, boy. Um, I would, I think for me, it was, uh, my daughter, she played, um, college soccer at Concordia and there was, um, one of the forwards that they had to play was like the top ranked forward and, uh, in the, uh, in the conference. And so they were playing, she's coming down the field with the ball and my daughter's playing defense left back. She comes up and just collides with this woman and lays her out on the pitch, takes the ball, brings it all the way down the field, crosses the ball, and I don't remember if uh, the ball went in the net or not, but just the collision and the way this woman was laid out was just exhilarating for me. It was <laughs> so, so it wasn't Kevin that invented the thing, it was your daughter. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But the first time we used the hoof was in a Kevin game. I just blurted it out when uh, he just, he had been going up against this guy and there was this constant kind of, you know, 
battle going on between the two of them. And there was a parent who was, I think it was this guy's son. And he was going, yeah, that a way to get him, that a way to get him. And so when Kevin just flattened this kid, I, I stood up and said, you got hoofed. And <laughs> then that became the uh, family, mo- uh, the team motto. You know, every time Kevin did something, then one of the other dads would just yell it really loud. So yeah, it was kind of. <laughs> nice. Uh, so number yeah. six, we've, we've waited long enough. So this is kind of an open question. Okay. So uh, ready, set embarrass kevin oh oh, embarrass kevin oh my gosh i wish you would have given me some advance warning on that well that's why it's a speed round keith we can't Uh, yeah i know i know but jeez (laughs) oh embarrass kevin so okay here you go this is so when kevin kevin was young um he had just this terrible thirst problem there's probably two of them but one was this terrible he was always thirsty always always thirsty and we get done with soccer practice and we'd be driving home. He'd be like, I'm thirsty. I'm th- I'm not going to make it home. I'm going to die before we get there if you don't stop and get me something to drink. And so he would go, I'm thirsty. And I would turn around and I'd go, hi, thirsty. I'm dad. <laughs> and just keep driving. He would get so mad at me. <laughs> and so we would say that we would start calling him thirsty. Hey, thirsty. How's it going? Oh yeah, he didn't like that so much. <laughs> I'm gonna use, I'm definitely gonna use that. You should. Um, Next time you see him, say, "Hey, thirsty, how's it going?" Uh, it's gonna happen. It definitely <laughs> is gonna happen. Um, so number seven, everybody gets one. It's a would you rather question. Would you rather have fingers for eyelashes or eyelashes for fingers? Hmm. Fingers for eyelashes because heck, you could pick all the gump out of your eyes pretty easy that way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I mean, you'd have another way to pick up things. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You could re- constantly rearrange your glasses that way too. Yeah, and you, I mean, you could you could hold so many different items in your hands. Yeah, you hands on your eyes. So uh, that's probably the way I'd go. Um, yeah, I... Number number eight, uh, traveling around with club soccer for all the years that you have with both your daughter and Kevin. What was your favorite tournament that you guys went to? favorite tournament it was always the warm weather ones during the middle of winter for sure yeah like the ones in georgia or florida yeah florida texas yeah yeah yeah, definitely probably i think the most enjoyable soccer trip was um i got to chaperone when um kevin went to europe to play and so just you know watching the high quality soccer um some of the fun thing was i remember we were um um, I think it was Wigan. We were going to play Wigan and they had uh, supposedly a national kid who was the forward and, you know, they were expecting him just to rip the Yanks apart. Right. And this uh, grandfather walks up to me before the game. He goes, Hey, um, thanks for coming over. And thanks for the easy scrimmage today. And I'm like, what <laughs> you fucker? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, um, halfway through the game uh, we we had completely shut down their national forward and frustrated the coach was screaming yelling pulled him out the game ended five to one our guys and i wanted to go back up to grandpa and say hey thanks for the warm-up that should really do us well for the rest of the time we're here but (laughs) (laughs) i did i was the minnesota nice of course of course (laughs) uh number nine it's march there's a lot of madness going on uh who were your final four predictions in that uh official unofficial office pool I didn't do it. I just, I, I don't do it. So I don't know. Yeah. So you you don't know. I mean, uh, okay, no problem. I mean, that's definitely an acceptable answer. Yeah. Uh, Uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, no. I mean, you know, I'm watching the games, but I, I don't pick anybody. It's much That's easier smart, that way. I, it I, is. Um... You don't get frustrated <laughs> and mad and pissed off because your bracket's all blown. and Because yep. you, know. you, you blew $5. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, so last question, number 10. Which, is, uh, which of Minneapolis City's rivals uh, are your least favorite? Ooh, least favorite. Well, for sure, Duluth. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the Med City guys, too, somewhat. I was, get, you know, kind of going, yeah, what? but definitely it's Duluth. <laughs> that, that seems to be a popular choice. Yeah, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. Just around the way. Head, yeah. Around headquarters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I just remember when we played them. Um at home, there's that picture of Kevin getting in the face of the one um, big, tall center back. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I can't wait. I know. When we show him what's up. Well, Keith, yeah. thanks for uh, popping in and shooting the shit with us. Only two months before the season starts, so you got to get rolling on that All parents right. only supporter group. I'll get that. I'll get the t-shirts going right <laughs> yes, now. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that is all for this week's show. Thanks again to Keith for joining us. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. The ever-so-popular Maybach is out. If you want a smooth taste with a little beef in the AVB department, this is the answer. It is in stores. It's on tap. Go get some. Memberships for 2018. Tons of bang for the buck. Do you have yours yet? If not, got to go get signed up. $60 gets you a cool season pass to all upcoming city matches this summer, which includes NPSL and U23, our April 21st game, fancy new membership scarf, and of course a vote to help what to help make what uh, we created your own. If you like helping people, uh, you should support Minneapolis City, because sometimes helping people comes with a cost, and we need your support. Uh, if you're looking to align yourself with a fine group that loves to give back, Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that is doing good on and off the pitch by providing those less fortunate to have a safe, reliable place to play the beautiful game. It is tax season. If you haven't done them yet, you're thinking about it. Start thinking about those deductibles and consider giving to the club that gives back. If you want to get a hold of us, we've made it easy. Send us a note on Twitter at The People's Pitch or through email mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are, of course, welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit the club up at MPLSCitySC. And that is all for this week. Once again, we're going to leave you with our house MC, Miles Stockman-Willis, a.k.a. Malaise, with a track called No Heart. I am Nate, that is John, and you are the people. NPSL soccer is on the horizon, so until next time, keep whipping yourselves up into a frothy soccer frenzy. You got hoofed. <laughs> Messengers, fuck the old bitch. Uh, two fifteens, one big enclosure. How I get my closure? Become a composer. I don't need exposure, but I need a mower. Always off the ogre. Shrek with extra odor. About the bullshit. I'm a bulldozer. Saying straight face. No, I ain't playing poker. Me, myself, and I, I was born a loner, never had a heart, I'm no ordinary organ donor.
money magnet man i'm about to bag these maggots mainly from the brainy magic causing racket with no ratchet i don't talk much all about the action fuck my parents house trapping trying to make the hamptons happen uh get an a on the report like voldemort deporting bodies you were hot now you're not cool guess you were wasabi blessing off like a rocket hourly like it's a hobby when the league like taco all you hear is bravo call me johnny i'm a bachelor never been to tommy johnny flow far from your average joe so my bitch is bad as bonnie took a tab and dent my mind retinals colorized seeing crystal clear crystallized fears near my spine's rear staying clear of what's not myself mesmerizing mirrors humbling niggas mumbling they need to hit a deer their position's clear mine resides in all poseidon's peers my career's guided driven by some gilded gears cheers 215's one big enclosure how i get my closure become a composer i don't need exposure but i need a mower always off the ogre shrek with extra odor about the bullshit i'm a bulldozer saying straight face no i ain't playing poker me myself and i i was born a loner never had a heart i'm no ordinary organ donor rocking the golden fleece so don't try me asking god why me three times wearing wide threes three minutes three dots he's replying these rappers need to start dying boy i gave you the gift to bust off that for young boss tough soft toss so knock that rust off remember hard bars by far on the bus stop now hider all our stealer you can't make this bus stop depressed in my hut i admit in a rut still living good on the edge like brownie crust trying to make a claim to fame when you make that claim it's us i'm a game changer on a game breaker give it up impressed her so at peace never stressed at home motto is progressor go heart cold as a eskimo damn these niggas desperate i'm a hero like despero fully proof and fully grown gooned up eating escargot writing like i'm edgar poe got the process of a pro show you how to flex a flow records ready set in stone think confetti should be thrown riding through black rims big blunt like a blimp falling hard get a glimpse well-mannered natured pimp so i touch her fish coy Tell that bitch quick, throw her D's on this rich boy Make her turn around cause she know that I got the voice Don't wanna hear you speak, less 10 G's on the invoice 215's one big enclosure How I get my closure, become a composer I don't need exposure, but I need a mower Always off the ogre, Shrek with extra odor About the bullshit I'm a bulldozer, saying straight face, no I ain't playing poker. Me, myself, and I, I was born a loner, never had a heart. I'm no ordinary organ donor.